Hi, I'm Earl. I'll be your server this evening. I'll give you folks some time to look the menu over. Just a reminder, all the entrees come with your choice of super salad, side vegetable, and a small bowl of cold hard cash. When you shop with Retail Me Not, you find money everywhere. Coupons, deals, cash back on everything, like electronics, travel, clothing, and restaurants. At your favorite places like Best Buy, Macy's, and Kohl's. It's kind of a big deal. Visit the site or get the app. Retail Me Not, yours for the saving. This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Ying.fm, and Upsnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Welcome to Living Fearlessly with your host, Lisa McDonald. My mama told me when I was young. We're all on superstars. She pulled my hand with my lipstick on. In a glass of purple dry. Good morning, everyone. Thank you so very much for joining me, rejoining me again on this lovely Friday morning. My name is Lisa McDonald, host of Living Fearlessly with the Contact Talk Radio Network. Listenership spans to 145 countries, 220 TV radio terrestrial satellites, and the potential for millions of iTunes downloads. Again, not just iTunes, we're on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple, all over the place. I also want to, before formally introducing my guest of today, I want to thank my corporate sponsors, which are inclusive of AHA That Forever and Halton Honda. I also want to remind people that following the live show of my guest of each Friday, you can eventually find the podcast link also located on Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald, my host page with the C-Suite Radio Network. So who is my phenomenal guest today? Well, my guest is a lovely woman by the name of Kathy Liska, who's doing phenomenal things in the space. Kathy Liska is the CEO founder of the Center for Coaching Certification. The Center for Coaching Certification is recognized aiming the best internationally for coach training. With over 1,000 graduates, the Center for Coaching Certification provides ongoing access to continuing education, resources, and more. Benefits of the Center for Coaching Certification include the Center for Coaching Certification is the only ICF-approved program that is also accredited by IACET to offer CEUs which means continuing education units, accredited by PMI to offer CEUs, accredited by AICI to offer CEUs, a robust suite of coaching tools and resources for graduates on the coach login page, the opportunity to become a published author by contributing a chapter to the annual book, Coaching Perspectives, a personal dashboard to give multiple assessments, including the DISC, EIQ, 360, and more along with extensive resources, including facilitation and debriefing guides. The mission of the Center for Coaching Certification is enhance your coach training experience with quality, professionalism, and support. Kathy and her team are known for their passion in sharing the insight, experience, positive attitude, and information that empower others to achieve the results they desire. Wow. Kathy, I want to thank you very much for being a part of the show today. We've been talking about this in the background, and it seems like forever ago that uh, we had scheduled for this day. So I want to thank you for the gift of your time. I know how incredibly busy you are, and I want to thank you as a colleague and as a peer in the space 
advice for everything you do to continually enrich and impact upon the lives of others and really being that anchor for them. So kudos to you and job well done. Oh, thank you, Lisa. Coaching is so much fun. And most of us in the coaching space say the work we do is a privilege because of how we get to engage with people. So that's, it's wonderful. Well, fantastic. So as everybody who follows me, which I'm very grateful for, knows, uh, they would know that my approach to my weekly interviews, it's all unscripted. It's all organic. It makes for a much more authentic discussion, in my humble opinion. Um, One question, however, I do like to start off with that's fairly typical is the inception of my guest journey. So if you could take us back to whatever cathartic, healing, pivotal moment that transpired for you in your journey, maybe before you became uh, actively involved in what it is you do as a business person now today, Kathy, you know, what were some of the struggles? I think the listeners really identify and resonate with not just the success of my guests, but knowing that there was a struggle or that there was obstacles in which to overcome, which kind of humanizes the experience. So what, what is some of the backstory for you? Yeah, no, absolutely. And this one may be a bit of a shocker. (laughs) So, uh, Let's see, over 30 years ago, I was in a crisis shelter for abused women and children. I had two kids. I had less than $20 to my name. I was black and blue from head to toe. Hmm. And I got a job, a very, very basic core uh, entry level. My team lead gave me a book called What to Say When You Talk to Yourself. Lovely. I read that book and it was a game changer. And I think that is part of the rest of the journey because moving uh, through different jobs as a single mom, you're supporting your kids. So you do a lot of different things. Ultimately, I ended up on the national circuit as a speaker trainer. And I had a lot of people come up to me and say, oh, will you coach me? Oh, you should be a coach. And you hear something (laughs) enough. And I was like, what's that? (laughs) I had no idea. Uh, So I looked it up and the philosophy, the whole idea behind what coaching is really about, which Mm -hmm. is different than what people think it's about, (laughs) what it's really about, uh, that philosophy rang so true for me. And that's what sparked my interest in getting trained and then my care for professionalism, the quality, the ethics, all of that motivated me starting the Center for Coaching Certification. Beautiful. Well, I want to thank you very much for your vulnerability and for kindly sharing because, you know, we all have things and this is what I try to reinforce to everybody. You know, again, it doesn't matter what people would glean for my life or for people like you, Kathy, you know, for people to choose to rise in the ranks in their own life and to choose to staunchly and firmly be committed to the evolution of self, personal growth, personal development and taking massive action every single day in which to level up. Um, you know, it's important to know that the foundation oftentimes for what births people's success is when they get to a point of desperation, they say, enough, I'm not doing this anymore. There's got to be more to life than this. Yeah. Um, So a couple things along the lines of what you just shared with us, which again, I'm very grateful for, Um, you know, no coincidences. And I say that oftentimes. And and once upon a time in my 25 years of being a senior manager, director in social services, I used to work uh, for many years 
in the shelter movement and uh, worked with women and children fleeing domestic violence. Uh, we've never discussed that, uh, I don't believe, behind the scenes. So, you know, there's another element of why Vibe Attracts Tribe and why people come into your energetic sphere. And the other thing that I really want to um, highlight that you said, which was quite pivotal, you know, when you said that people continually came up to you and they said, you know, you really should be a coach or have you thought about being a coach? Have you thought about doing this based upon your message and your leadership for yourself in your own life? Um, you know, I really believe in universal signs and symbols are not to be ignored. Some people aren't awakened to that. There's things that are presenting and showing up all the time in our lives. You're either oblivious to it or you're mm -hmm. just you're immersing it, you're sponging it up. And so to me, that's indicative of the kind of person you are too, where you were willing to pay attention to that and do something with that. And therefore what we're talking about and you being a guest on my show today, this is all part of that manifestation. Um, so let's talk about some of the abstract things. You know, when we talk about personal growth and we talk about personal development, you know, what are some of the key concepts or the core concepts uh, that have really resonated with you either as a result of some of your own tangible or intangible mentors, life experiences, or things that just really speak to you intuitively, Kathy? Hey, you know, the biggest one, if I go back to the story I shared with you, is how common um, the struggle to be confident and mm. appropriately confident uh, is so common for, for people, uh, both coaches, uh, people coming into coaching and the clients that we serve. Uh, so I, I think that's essential. It's foundational to what goes on. And with that confidence comes the belief in, okay, I can do things. Hey, this is possible. And with that belief, you start choosing what your life is about instead of having it happen to you. Absolutely. Key. Very key. And so when we when we talk about what, because uh, everybody's got their daily regimen of what they choose to incorporate into their DNA or their blueprint or honing their mindset. Um, you know, some people subscribe to certain ideologies, philosophies, spirituality. You know, what keeps you on the straight and narrow, Kathy? What makes you shine and bring your best A game all the time to your clients and the people who are going through your programs? in terms of proclamations, declarations, journaling, meditation, uh, I am statements, whatever the case may be, uh, or particular authors or other coaches that you look up to, what is it that works for you that you incorporate into your daily regimen in terms of uh, being staunchly disciplined? Because you, you do have to be disciplined. Yeah, yeah, that is true. Uh, so you read the mission statement for the Center for Coaching Certification. My personal mission statement is people. Mm. That's that's it. That one word, and to me that says it all. Uh, a huge focus on people. I think the other piece of it is being positive and really yeah. believing in the possibilities. Uh, if you look at the world around us, the people you want to be around, <laughs> the people that you admire and that you follow and that you read and that kind of thing are the ones that are confident, they're positive, and they're moving forward. Absolutely. Well, and you, you mentioned something that I think's think is worth, you know, kind of dissecting a little bit more in detail. You know, residents 
you know, it's important for people to see you within the scope of what it is you do in terms of getting away from the hierarchy and the us and them and perceivable superiority or somebody's more evolved than another person. Um, yes, it's important to align with people who are not only doing what you aspire to do, but they've mastered it. They've honed it. Um, you know, it's it's working extremely well in their life. Uh, but in terms of being relatable, in terms of people knowing that they can identify with you right off the bat, what is it about you personally, characteristically wise, Kathy, that you think speaks to people, why people flock to you, why people trust you? Uh, so I'm going to give you something that my mom used to say to me. Uh, she used to say, nobody died and put you in charge. Right. I love that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it's, it's pretty it self-explanatory, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> it is. It's like, it is not my job to judge. It's not my job to make a decision for anyone else. Uh, I had a client that I, oh, it's just a fabulous client. It was so much fun working with them. And as we were closing out uh, a two-year coaching engagement, the client said, okay, so I know you're not going to give me advice because coaches don't give advice. And I know you're not going to do that, but I really want your advice. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, I said, you know what? Be your own best expert. Love that. Love that. And that very much echoes the sentiments of what I consistently say to whether it be in my own personal circles, whether it be on live streams or whether it be with other guests uh, on the show. It's, you know, be your own hero, be your own shiro, be your own leader, be your own best friend. And I think why that's important, and I'd really love to, to pick your brain on this one, because um, you and I are really synergistically vibing with this point. Um, you know, People oftentimes, they look outside of themselves. They think that everything in terms of solution-based, it's an external factor. When really, you can be receptive and open to embracing and have that receiving factor of what's out there to complement your life or to expand your horizons or expand your mindset. But that, on, that, that level of clarity and receptivity really only comes and derives out of initially uh, the work that you are continually doing on yourself, the work that you're doing to, you know, embrace that concept of self-love. Because if you don't love yourself, if you don't respect yourself, if you don't value yourself, it's really hard to ask people in the space of leadership and legacy to hop on board and follow you and subscribe to you uh, and believe in you. You know, there's a disingenuous message and there's perceivably a disconnect if you know, for what you do for a living isn't congruent and isn't aligned with how you embody yourself, how you see yourself, how you treat yourself. So let's mm -hmm. talk about the self-work aspect. I, I'd love to share an example. Please. There's, there's a series out called Building Self-Esteem in Your Child. Mm. Uh, and in our training classes, and I've got six other trainers working with me now too, who are awesome. And, and here's an example we use from that series. When our children are little and they come to us and they say, mom, dad, look what I did. Well, we're good parents. What do we do? We say, oh, honey, I am so proud of you. Mm -hmm. And when we say to our child, I am so proud of you, the message behind it is get your affirmation externally. Mm -hmm. Go to other people to affirm you. Well, ultimately, as you just said, it's got to come from within. Right. So in that series, they said, say to the child, honey, be proud of yourself. Mm -hmm. Because then we give them the message 
that it is okay to build your own confidence, to have it. Absolutely. Yeah. Have it come internally. And even in coaching, how do we do that? The way we ask questions, the way we truly believe in our client and in their capability. And that comes across as well. And the message is believe in yourself. Beautiful. I love that. I love taking a simple concept and and just, you know, turning it on its head to get an even clearer perspective on that because you're absolutely right. I mean, you know, the way in which we dialogue and, and the words we use to impart and the messaging behind that, that's what cultivates the, the generation of children coming up, call it our own children, call it other people's children, the community at large, whatever. You know, it really is about instilling the tools to empower other people to empower themselves and getting away from, you know, everything having to be a pat on the back externally. Only do I get the, the, the acknowledgement and the recognition from somebody outside of me, do I then value myself or see myself as worthy? Because really you're doing it, if you're coming from that perspective, it's really to be seen as worthwhile or integral in the eyes of somebody else, uh, which we know is so untrue. It's so untrue. And for people who are really committed to this journey of self-work, self-love, self-discovery, uh, self-alignment, um, you know, it, it really just goes and shows and speaks to, to the degree that you staunchly believe in that, to, to the degree that you hone that and you understand that and you get deeper and deeper within yourself. It wouldn't matter for people like you and myself, Kathy, if everybody who didn't get who we were or didn't get behind our message or didn't even necessarily understand who we were and what it is that we're impassioned or feeling driven by in terms of purpose. If everybody walked out of our lives, we would still be doing what we're doing because we do fundamentally believe in ourselves and because we do fundamentally derive worth from self first. And by believing in yourself, that gives you the ability to believe in others. Absolutely. With self-acceptance, you're accepting of others. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's all it's, related. It's all interconnected. It is. It is. And and when you break it down, it's very simple. You know, we as human beings, we tend to make things more complicated than what is necessary. You know, we get mm-hmm. too much caught up in our heads as opposed to coming from the feeling space. Because what you feel is what you transmit energetically out into the world people can pick Mm -hmm. up on people's energy without even having a conversation without you know people opening up their mouths you can you get that sense of who's guarded who's aloof who's dismissive who perhaps is pessimistic and it's not being judgmental it's when you're really tapped into your own vibration when you're really tapped into your own energy energy and synergistically you know the types of people like-minded people who you are inclined to align with you can instantly pick up on other people's body language or the concept that they hold of themselves, which unfortunately for many people is very unfavorable. It's very self-deprecating. It's very self-loathing. So Mm -hmm. if we bring it back to living fearlessly, um, you know, you clearly are somebody for what you've gone through and where you are today, fast forward on the trajectory of your journey. Uh, And again, kudos to you, Kathy. Um, You know, what does, what does living fearlessly mean to you and how would you explain that to a client? Well, so what comes up first when you even ask that question, the word fear, uh, mm-hmm. are you familiar with what it is an acronym for? Uh, I know that I am. I just can't recite it off the top of my head, but go ahead. You share. 
Okay. Okay. It stands for false expectations appearing real. Very true. Yes. And so instead of talking about living fearlessly, I'm a believer in talking about how I am living. Right. I'm living in the moment. I'm Mm -hmm. living because I get to be with really great people in my world, people around me, the people I get to work with, uh, everything that I do. It's about living with joy, living with Mm -hmm. peace. Uh, All of that is, is to me the focus. Beautiful. Beautiful. And so when you're meeting with somebody at the initial point of consult and you're looking to mutually decide whether this is a relationship that's going to go further, um, when you see that somebody's a bit wobbly, when you see that somebody is coming across in such a way that confidence is an issue, um, for some people who I've interviewed, they right off the bat, energetically, they can pick up on that and they determine that on their years of experience or intuition within their model and practice of businesses, you know, you're not in their definition coachable. I'm only willing to take people who have the winner's attitude, the winner mindset, Mm -hmm. you know, people who are just looking to elevate and up their game uh, and being receptive to what it is I can then bring into the fold in terms of navigating the journey. When you meet somebody initially uh, who strikes you in some ways as perhaps being uncoachable, like the intentions there, but for everything they're describing as to where they have fallen short in taking massive action in their life, Um, what is your inclination as a coach in terms of whether you take that person on? Yeah, well, and let me speak to it both as a coach and as a trainer of coaches. Yes, please. So as a coach, I think it's a missed opportunity Mm -hmm. to think about it that way because much of what we can do as a coach is really give them a sense of control, Mm -hmm. support them in building their own confidence, and in starting to choose what they want to have happen. Uh, I think it's exciting to experience. Uh, I have one client, and I I can only very generically speak about, that when I first started working with them, they were still living, as an adult, living with family Mm -hmm. and not working. And at this stage, they're working and traveling internationally with their work and extremely successful. And we're talking a time period of a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Uh, so <laughs> is somebody coachable? Somebody's coachable if they want to be coached. True. And I, I think sometimes we decide, oh, they've got too far to come. Well, back to the story I shared with you. Look where I was at. Was Absolutely. I coachable? No way. Nobody <laughs> was going to take me on. I was, that was horrible. Um, and interestingly enough, let me now speak to it from the perspective of training coaches. So we work with people primarily that have a lot of education. They have a lot of experience. They're really smart people and they finish their coach training. And then they're really questioning their own ability to effectively coach other people. Mm-hmm. And it goes, it goes back to the same thing we're talking about and they're, Am I good enough? Can I do this? Am I, you know, wow, people are going to pay me to do this Mm -hmm. (laughs) conversation with themselves. And it's truly, you know what? Yes, you are good. You Mm -hmm. do have the ability and you are going to make a positive difference with the people that you work with. And it's believing in that that is so important because if you think about it, when you believe in yourself as a coach, 
when you believe in the coaching process itself and you believe in your client, you're set up for success. In turn, working with the client, you want to support them believing in themselves, them believing in the coaching process. And of course, through that, they're really going to believe in you as a coach as well. Mm-hmm. And that's where you create the win-win, the, the success on all sides. Absolutely. And I love that you said win-win because it's a, it's a reference I cite often. I really do see the win-win for all parties involved. And even for people who we have yet to meet who come into the tapestry of our lives, right? The more, mm-hmm. the more on track we are with who it is we are in our authentic selves and knowing that that's the energy that we transmit to other people. And it's the win-win, you know, who doesn't want to gravitate towards positivity? Who doesn't want to be around like-minded people when the like-mindedness, and I don't mean that from a narrow-minded standpoint, but the like-mindedness is all about perpetuating the good in the world, the brightness in the world, the light, as opposed to the darkness, because, you know, there's contrast all over the place. And mm-hmm. as adults, we have the choice where we choose to align our energies with, uh, mm-hmm. you know, neg- negative or con- Firstly, the positive. Now, what I love about you and why I classify and define someone like you as a true authentic leader, Kathy, not just because you're in the coaching world. I know a lot of people who are in the coaching world who I would never necessarily view as somebody who is a genuine leader. But because you are a coach and because what you do for a living is about empowering other people and giving them the tools through your program. And we're going to delve more into your program specifically in a moment. Um, But because you're birthing other fellow coaches, a lot of people would in your space uh, be a little bit reluctant or resistant to doing so because then you're looking upon other people coming into your space as being perceivable competition. Mm. People who could really go after your clients or they could acquire more people on their caseload or garner something that's significantly perceivably, again, greater than what you've managed to uh, master and hone for yourself. So I think because you're very clear on who you are, And because you are very committed to wanting to see everybody succeed in their lives and knowing that by birthing more coaches, that's going to bring about all kinds of good for other people that may not necessarily be connected with you. um, You're, you want, you really are setting people up to, to shine without looking at it as these are my potential competitors. True. There's enough room out there for everyone. Yes. And it, it brings to mind, I had a client I worked with, and when they first came to me, what they wanted to do was start a coaching firm and put other coaches into contracts doing coaching work. And I said, so I'm guessing you're aware that I have that same firm, so basically I'm your competition. <laughs> right. And, and I said, so here's, here's what I'll say to you. I'm okay with that because I believe there's enough out there for everyone, and mm-hmm. I am more than happy to support you in achieving maximum success for yourself. And this client said to me, yeah, I do know that. As a matter of fact, that's the reason I want you to be my coach. Beautiful. Which makes sense. (laughs) Which makes sense. Why would you gravitate towards anybody and entrust anybody with their journey, with your own journey, if they weren't 
uh, of that particular mindset, right? When you start when you start getting into working with people or surrounding yourself with people who are looking to hoard things or uh, withhold things or keep everything you know close to their chest, then you're then you know you're dealing with people who have unresolved issues, who have hidden agendas, uh, and perhaps haven't done enough work on themselves to absolve themselves of that type of mindset, which is really quite sabotaging and counterintuitive yeah well and and you'll see it in the coaching world so the international coach federation the icf you go to conferences and coaches are sharing thoughts and ideas and discussing and it helps everybody and i'm part of the association of coach training organizations acto and one of my favorite conferences every year is the ACTO conference. It's all my competitors, all the other coach training schools out there. And here we are coming together in a conference, uh, giving information to each other, doing presentations, sharing all these ideas and the insight. And it is so collegial. It's a fabulous opportunity to learn from people who do what I do. And to really see that in action where everybody is, you know, there's enough out there for all of us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Let's, Beautiful. Let, let's make it good. Yeah. Beautiful. And, you know, and that's the congruency and the transparency that would indicate to anybody uh, who's in the field, declares to be in the field, or as a potential client looking who to partner with and seek leadership from, um, you know, that that's really essentially what coaching is all about, setting people up for success, maximizing their potential, you know, giving them the tools and letting them run with it and soar and fly uh, and, and, you know, supersede their own capabilities uh, or their previous limitations of how far they could go or how far they could fly. Um, you know, that's healthiness, you know, people who, who are willing to congregate in a room and learn from each other and do so understanding, you know, we may be the expert in our own lives, but there is so much more to learn from our peers and our colleagues. Um, so it is, it's win-win and it's the gift that keeps on giving. So I love your attitude and I love your outlook and approach towards all of it, Kathy. Oh, thank you. Now, if we talk about your business uh, for all the loyal listeners and the over a million subscribers that are listening to the show, if they're on the fence and they're thinking, okay, I really love this woman's energy and I'm, I'm really, you know, quite apt to making the decision to reach out further, even if for no other reason than to have an initial consultation, knowing that we're in an oversaturated industry, knowing that the personal growth, personal development industry is massive um, and incrementally growing on a momentous basis all the time, you know, what what step would the listener or the podcast subscriber need to take in connecting with you? And, and what generally does get discussed aside from the goals or where the client potentially is at and what they're looking to acquire from you? What does a generic conversation look like in the initial beginning? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so there's two different conversations there again. One is yes. as a coach and one is as a trainer of coaches. Uh, if I start with as a trainer of coaches, one thing that I actually do is every month I host a webinar where we talk about coaching certification. We talk about the coaching as a profession, what's mm-hmm. going on in that world. Then we dig into some information on what to look for in a training program whether it's our program or someone else's. We also talk about, uh, of course, the programs themselves. 
And we say, okay, what are the pros and cons of coaching certification? Mm-hmm. So we do that live each month, and then we put the recording on our YouTube channel. So if anybody goes to our website, they can see it. I think what's really interesting there, so we give, when people attend that, one of the things I'll say is, hey, if you want a 30-minute session, let's schedule it, and I'll give people a 30-minute session. If they're talking about training, it's really, okay, what does this mean? And if they're unsure, uh, I just did one of those free 30-minute sessions with somebody who was debating. And I said, okay, how do you want to have the conversation? And I said, you can talk through making the decision for and against and what that looks like. You can talk pros and cons. You can talk best case, worst case. And we literally work through that. Now, they're still thinking about it. It gave them the time to really get clear on their own pros and cons and and what it looked like either decision. Mm -hmm. I talk also with people, depending on what they do. So, for example, people who are in HR, human resources, or talent development or org development often use coaching skills in what they do. Um, So the paradox of coaching uh, that I have written on is that coaching skills can be used in mentoring, managing, counseling, therapy, consulting, and leading. Mm-hmm. Alternatively, mentoring, managing, counseling, therapy, consulting, and leading are inappropriate when you're a coach. Mm-hmm. So really getting clear on that. And what we find is a lot of people really like the coach training because of the skills. And they'll take an initial training because the communication skills, the people skills serve them in whatever they do. Fantastic. Fantastic. Go ahead. Oh, thank you. I was going to say, if it's a conversation with a prospective client, we encourage coaches to do free introductory sessions with clients because you want the client to have a chance to check you out as a coach, to get a sense of what it's like working with you as a coach, and to make sure you're a good match because the number one indicator of success in a coaching relationship is the rapport between the coach and the client. Absolutely. So, yeah, there you go. Fantastic. Now, a couple of simultaneous questions here. So in terms of this can speak to either the the two hats that you're wearing here as the coach yourself in your own coaching practice, uh, but also coaching uh, other coaches. So how expansive or inclusive is the client base? You know, is there any type of perceivable challenge or goal focus that you would say, you know what, I don't think I'm the best person for that, but I can refer you to someone else? Or is it a catch-all? Like for whatever it is somebody identifies in the arena of what they want to hone, what they want to master, what they want to become, uh, you know, a thought leader in or just expand their horizons, you know, is it all-inclusive or do you have your own limitations or restrictions to what type of client goal area specifically that you would not be willing to take on? Yeah. So what I will say is when we train coaches, we do talk about defining your niche, saying Mm -hmm. this is where I focus and specialize. And that's important because it helps people describe what they offer as a coach. It helps them stand out as a coach and it helps Mm -hmm. them direct their efforts in terms of who's going to be the right client for them. As far as myself as a coach, I'm so lucky. I have a 13-year-old client. I have a client that's an executive in the C-suite at a very large corporation. 
I get to work with people at all different levels. Coaching competencies, the 11 core competencies of a coach, apply whoever your client is and whatever type of coaching you do. Fantastic. It's more about, is my style the right style for this person? Yes. And and we're not all right for everyone. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That just doesn't happen. Different people, different personalities serve different people. So whose style is the right style for them? I think that's huge. Now, as far as subject matter expertise, we actually talk about this in training. It's interesting. When people go looking for a coach, they want to know, do they have experience in a similar setting and do they have a methodology? Mm-hmm. So the experience in a similar setting comes from their background, what they've done, and the methodology comes out of their coach training. While that's what a client looks for, the number one indicator of success is the rapport. Mm-hmm. So is a coach supposed to be a subject matter expert? And the conversation is, if you are a subject matter expert, there's pros and cons. On the pro side, you do get what the client is talking about. You're up to speed very quickly, and it gives you insight in terms of what questions to ask. On the con side of being a subject matter expert is you can go in, quote unquote, knowing the answer. Right. (laughs) And that's not good because then you get in the way of the client finding their own answer. Right. So coaching is a process expertise for sure really Mm -hmm. understanding how it works. Fantastic. Uh, I just, I just want to Kathy circle back to something that you said that I think is worth delving into a little bit more and extrapolating uh, for the listening audience and eventually the podcast subscribers. So when we talk about coaching and we talk about, you know, sometimes the, the longevity or the span of time that we've been connected with somebody through that relationship that partnership you know some people in the field would say you know if and you did cite feeling yourself lucky because there's one client who in particular you've had a 13-year relationship with some people and again I like to play devil's advocate because it really brings about a, a lot of different perspectives in the conversation but a lot of people would say you know if somebody needs to be with you for 13 years are they empowered are they yeah, self-empowered let me clarify, a 13-year-old child, 13 was the age of the client. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, so in terms of the longevity of the relationship, the average coaching relationship is one year. And, mm-hmm. and that's based on research from the ICF. In a coaching engagement, uh, sometimes you say, hey, we're going to do initial commitment to six sessions and we, we get them done in three months. The client's complete and they move on. Mm-hmm. Uh, you may have some that, that go a couple years. Average is 12 months. It mm-hmm. really Coaching is a process that is designed to put the client in a place of being their own best expert, as we Absolutely. talked about earlier. Yeah. So this is, we're not looking for <laughs> longer than that. It's veteran we, clients. <laughs> yeah. We, we only stay in that coaching relationship as long as it's benefiting the client. And, and that's in our code of ethics. If it's benefiting the client, great. If it's not, we're out of there. Love that. 
Absolutely love that. Now, what would constitute having to perhaps, and maybe you've come across this and maybe you haven't, uh, and if you haven't, based on what you would know within the field of coaching, what would be uh, some of the reasoning behind terminating a relationship? Mm-hmm. Outside of, you know, the obvious, you know, there's been uh, overlap with boundaries or uh, things are getting too enmeshed or, you know, the objectivity for the relationship has lost perspective. But what would be some of the other reasons that a coach uh, from a coach's perspective where you would have to terminate that relationship? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, so first off, it's really giving the client the choice. Mm-hmm. And you will have clients that time and money are big factors in making the decision of how long they can engage in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you also have clients where it's it's something that's provided to them through their work. And so there's, okay, you get so many sessions because that's what the company is going to do <laughs> kind of thing. Right, right. So, so that definitely is a factor. In terms of the relationship itself, it's when is it complete? Mm-hmm. And by complete, it's the client got what was important and significant to them out of that relationship. Uh, And through the process, even if it's as short as six sessions, they've discovered some things about themselves. They've got some tools for themselves. And they're really in a place where moving forward independently works for them. There are other times where back to the the 12-month engagement, well, coaching is a process and it does take time. You're talking about changing thinking and changing habits and and creating something that somebody wants. And it, depending on what they want, it can take more time to work toward that. And so in a case like that, as long as they are continuing to move forward and gaining, benefiting from those coaching conversations, you keep doing it. What you will find is you'll have clients that when you first start working with them, maybe you're talking to them every week or every other week. Mm-hmm. And then after a few months of that, it's they move back to once a month. And then after a little while, they move back to every couple months or every three months. And then it's just, hey, I'm going to call you every once in a while <laughs> and schedule right. some time. And that works too. Amazing. Now, let me ask you this. It could be hypothetical. It could be something that you have firsthand uh, experienced as a coach. Now, let's say, you know, you, you've um, run the course with a client for whatever the circumstances you just outlined. Either it's already been covered by the company, money has expired, tapped out, et cetera, et cetera. But by the end of it, you know, you have helped establish within your partnership that they have been uh you know, successful, and now they can be self-sufficient. They can take the tools, they can take the uh, learned confidence, the additional confidence, and they can go fly. Now, has a client or what, you know, even again, hypothetically, if a client comes back and says, you know what, I know how to strategically go through the systems or the processes for what it is you've taught me. I've not relinquished that. I, you know, I'm still very cognizant of that, but I feel that my so-called success or my momentum, I can honestly say, is more so attributed to the emotional aspect of you being there, even if it's just more something I'm internalizing or I'm perceiving. You know, just having you close by makes me feel like I can continue to be self-sufficient by playing it all out on day-to-day basis. Um, But I'm not feeling that I can relinquish the coaching relationship because it's what seems to be working. It's that, that relationship piece that keeps me in the groove. 
What would you say to that? Sounds like a great coaching session conversation. Right. In other, in other words, really dig into it. Okay, what about it is really serving you? Mm-hmm. And how do you create that for yourself? Yes. Yes. And absolutely. And from a boundaries perspective, we know that that's the conversation that needs to take place. But from a client perspective, who, for whatever the reason, even if it's just a temporary thought or it's just their perception in the moment, but they're attributing their ability to be momentously in the groove of what it is that they've learned from you or learned alongside you, they feel that without you being a part of that, then it's not the same or it stands to digress or they don't have, they feel that uh, additional buffer of infrastructure of support in which to feel cohesive and harmonious in what they're executing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, so I haven't experienced that. Mm-hmm. And what occurs to me is because coaching really is from the get go, about empowering the client. Yes. The process itself builds their confidence and really has them figuring out what they want, what their challenges are, how they're going to move forward, strategies, plans, etc. And it incorporates the questions on who they are. Mm-hmm. So the coaching relationship itself is naturally going to take them to a place where they are ready to, to go fly. Absolutely. And I ask these questions again, because I always, you know, I play the devil's perspective because Mm -hmm. there are a lot of people, as we know, call it therapists, call it psychiatrists, call it psychologists, anybody who's in that so-called helping profession, in addition to leaders, coaches, mentors, um, there are people who, you know, the coach uh, gains their level of value, if you will, knowing that there's a certain level of dependency or, you know what, this Mm -hmm. person, you know, we know that exists. And so for people who aren't really in our space, Kathy, I just, I'm, I'm asking these key questions because I want them to be able to, through your answering of it, discern the difference so that they can make informed decisions and know what to look for in a coach, but also being very aware of what is unfortunately out there in the so-called helping field and profession. Yeah. So first off, um, a very quick answer in terms of what to look for in a coach is, are they part of the International Coach Federation? Because Mm -hmm. that tells you they have a minimal level of training and they're accountable to a code of ethics. Mm -hmm. Uh, So coaching is either going to self-regulate or government will step in and regulate us. Currently, we self-regulate through the International Coach Federation. Are there people out there without any training and they call themselves a coach? Yes. Mm-hmm. Are they really a coach? Well, if I call myself a doctor, does that make me a doctor? No. <laughs> Maybe it's a quack. Okay. <laughs> there you go. Except for I will, you know, I'm not going to do that. I'll call myself a doctor, right? So, so that's my initial thing in terms of what to look for in a coach. And then I'm going to go back to do that introductory session, get to know them. Does their style work for you? And right. if it does, great. And if it doesn't, that's okay. That doesn't say anything good or bad about them. You're just different people, and that's okay. Uh, the other thing I want to throw out is when we talk about coaching, the definition of it, and, and people struggle with that. So when you think about helping professions, when you work with somebody in a helping profession, you see them as the expert. Right. 
and they're the ones who have that um, come from that place of wisdom. They give you advice and that kind of thing. That is not coaching. Mm-hmm. So the definition for coaching, which comes from the International Coach Federation, is that it's a strategic partnership. Mm-hmm. And what that tells us is we come in as equals. Yes. We're, we're partners. We're not the expert. We are truly partners. And the definition goes on to say the coach empowers the client. It is the client who clarifies their own goals. It is the client who creates their own action plans. It is the client who decides how they're going to move past obstacles. And ultimately, the client achieves what the client chooses. Mm -hmm. It's truly putting them in that position of power and control over their own life, their own career, and what they do. The driver's seat. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, being cognizant of time, Kathy, we don't have long before we have to say cheerio here, unfortunately, but you're always welcome to come back to Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. I love your energy, love the synergy, love what you're all about and how you're, again, committed to enriching and enhancing other people to become self-empowered and navigating their own journeys. Um, I'd like to give you another opportunity. Where can people reach out to you, whether it be website address, social media? Do you have a favorite social media platform that you're more uh, likely to engage with people? I'll let you have the floor here. Yeah, you know, I'm going to say number one is going to be through our website. It's mm-hmm. co- um, So we do certification for coaches. So the website is Coach Cert. So C-O-A-C-H-C-E-R-T dot com. It's that simple. And through the website, they can access all of our social media platforms. They're all there, uh, LinkedIn and Twitter and Facebook and YouTube and Instagram and Google Plus, et cetera. So it's all there. <laughs> the list goes on. It goes on. It goes on. Uh, and in addition to being able to access me through that website, we've got a fabulous team and they're all trained coaches. And so they're super helpful. Every, every single person that's on the team is just a, a great value add to the team. Beautiful. Well, I want to thank you, Kathy, for your insights, your wisdom. I want to thank you for being the walking, breathing example of what somebody who is in the coaching world should embody and what the right attitude is and what the principles are. So I just want to say thank you for being a breath of fresh air. I've really enjoyed my time with you. I take notes as I do with every guest who uh, I have the honor and the privilege to showcase. And I've learned much from you in this discussion, as I know will be the case for the listeners, the loyal listeners, as well as the uh, eventual podcast subscribers once this is calibrated and turned into a link on iHeart, Spotify, Apple all over the place. So I just want to say thank you for being exactly as you are. And uh, I just want to say thank you. I really got a lot out of this personally. Oh, thank you. Thank you. So to my listening. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say I appreciate the opportunity. You're good. Oh, thank you. So to my listening audience, I want to thank you once again for taking time hectic schedules to tune into Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. I, of course, am your host. I go live every Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific, which converts to 10 Central, 11 Eastern. 
Uh, every week, I'm here showcasing a phenomenal guest, somebody who's in the space, who has wonderful information in which to impart to all of us, myself included. I want to once again thank both the networks, the Contact Talk Radio Network, as well as the C-Suite Radio Network. I'd like to also thank uh, loyal listeners, podcast subscribers, my corporate sponsors, Halt and Honda, Forever, and AHA That. I want to thank people over at C-Suite Radio Network, where again, following the live show, you can find the podcast link of my guest of each week, also on my host page, Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. My purpose, of course, is to uplift you to fear less and to live more. Wishing you all a phenomenal weekend. Love and gratitude. See you again next Friday. Take care and all my best. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Living Fearlessly with your host, Lisa McDonald. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.